0: beaming out across the galaxy this is where conspiracy on the wild side meets the perspective of a lifetime this is the free zone with your host freeman hello and welcome to the free zone Now, we've been getting deep into the beast system, as it's known, in this idea of a total planetary lockdown coming onto planet Earth. And as we are witnessing, like we're in some bad science fiction movie, trying to scream to people like uh, (laughs) the invasion of the body snatchers saying they're already here. It's already here. You guys, you don't realize. And people are looking at us like you're drunk and you're crazy. But right now, on the cover of Forbes magazine, I find that we are about to be introduced to the disruption machine. Now, uh, I found that a very catchy title for this story on Forbes because it's actually around a a story about augmented reality glasses. So there is a a company now called Magic Leap. And this secretive $4.5 billion startup aims to obliterate every television, phone, and computer on the planet. Now, how does it think it's going to do this? Well, Magic Leap and HoloLens from Microsoft are planning on giving you augmented reality through glasses that use a photonic light field chip. And this is much like your cathode ray tube on your television, except that it takes photons... That scan across this light field chip and bounce off of nanoscaled structures that reflect light and draw a picture directly onto your retina. Now, what this means is that we're moving into the era of Iron Man to the moment where you can just open your display in front of you wherever you're at. You can have a humanoid looking augmented reality person come in and give you the knowledge that you seek and and go and share it with whoever else is in the office. You could have octopuses and X uh, (laughs) octopi would that be Uh, and X wings flying around your office while you're working and everything would look exactly real. These people were able to then take these glasses and put a pixel anywhere in space. And once they did this, they knew they had the technology solid. They are now able to project, say, a television screen in the middle of your room, floating. You can walk around it, look at it, change the channel. Augmented reality is becoming a reality next year. And to look at this planetary lockdown and all the integrated systems that are going to go into this really strange future we have, folks, is none other than Alana Freeland, who you have enjoyed on the show before, and Billy Hayes, who we will know as uh, the Harp Man, or we might call him the Microwaved Man. He is an MK Ultra survivor, but because of his sub subcontract Uh, agreements with harp he is not under non-disclosure agreements so he actually has a security that will allow him to speak with us so we are so lucky alana is well known for her book chemtrails harp and the full spectrum dominance of planet earth you can pick this up at Amazon. I highly recommend it. You want to get this data, this details, so that when you're pointing out those chemtrails in the sky, you actually have some science behind it to tell you. And let me tell you, Alana has the science. So, Alana, Freeman, and Billy, please, uh, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks for having us.
0: Thank you, also. Yes, I am very Very interested about our show, because this is going to go places that, well, you guys have not had the opportunity to go. And it's going to show the world this dangerous, dangerous topic. I want to first state how brave both of you are for coming out with this this very national security, secret, and very dangerous topic.
1: Well, I would say that Billy in particular is uh, in uh, sometimes grave danger. And I appreciate everything he has given me as guidance uh, while I wend my way through not just uh, radio shows, but the most recent book, that I just finished and is with uh, my publisher uh, on the space fence. Billy was invaluable. In fact, I- I'm going to give him credit or blame him for two years of work on the space fence because he was adamant that this had to come out for the public to know about.
0: Yes, and thank you, Billy, because that's the truth. Uh, yeah, you you began as a, a contractor at Harp. Uh, starting to get into the understanding of the levels of technology that this thing could accomplish. I remember back in the day, now this was just a, a real moment of revealing for me, and anyone wants to go look it up, they can look it up in the Anchorage Daily News. Uh, that when they were testing HARP as a missile defensive shield, a meteor came into the atmosphere and seemed to strike right over the HARP antenna array. And then there was a sonic boom, and three hours later, an earthquake. The Anchorage Daily News reported it was the end of the world, that all the Denzians of Anchorage were running for their basements. People thought it was over. They had never suffered an earthquake like this, ever. Ever. And uh, that was my introduction to Harp, and my first idea was, oh, my God, can we hurl meteors at the planet? And then the second thought was, wait a minute, if we have a missile deflection shield, does this not break all the the mutual destruction treaties that we have with the rest of the world? So, Billy, do you want to pick up on any of that?
2: Well, actually... uh (laughs) That was the first harp uh, you're talking about, H-A-R-P, with Gerald Bull. And uh, that sequence just wasn't expected. That was not part of the SDI program. Do you remember what
1: year that was, Billy?
2: 1964.
1: Does that sound right to you, Freeman?
2: No,
0: what I'm talking about happened in the 90s. And it was just as harp had begun. Uh, Let me... See if I can find the, the news story on that. But feel free to, to discuss the, how HARP has a, a, this type of capabilities and anything that you wanted to say on the early renditions of HARP's beginnings.
1: Yeah, on the Gerald Bull. Go ahead, Billy.
2: Okay, well, in 1964, Gerald Bull was doing testing of the Supergun out on the Illusions. And the idea was to launch an atomic detonated uh, load into the atmosphere and ring the magnetosphere. At the same time that uh, out in the Atlantic and out in the Pacific, they were also doing ringings at the same exact time, trying to coordinate a ringing around the Earth of a specific portion of the uh, magnetic flux field. And uh, during that occasion, there was so much electronics built up along the Aleutian Islands, which my father was uh, uh, in charge of at that time, that uh, when the detonation happened, it wiped out all their own equipment, but the antenna systems that they were using repeated the EMP that came off that detonation. And during that EMP that came off that detonation, within 20 minutes, an earthquake hit Alaska. Anchorage, Alaska, the strongest earthquake ever recorded uh, in the United States and of course it's back before it was the United States but uh, it initiated uh, just a a bewilderment of of, of, uh, tunings it it was so strong that the uh, tsunami that uh, repeated itself four times along the Lucian Islands, wiped out every bit of equipment that was there. Just wiped it off. They they didn't have a chance to even go out and clean up their own mess. It just wiped. There was 25 military personnel that were lost along the Lutian Islands that day from those tests that were there for those tests. My dad just happened to be on one of the higher mountains and survived.
1: So that was Gerald Bowles' uh his gun
2: wasn't it now they have that up and running that that was the super gun Uh, I was supposed to go uh, meet with uh, Gerald Bull and my wife talked me out of meeting him in Amsterdam uh, to talk about setting up uh, communication and data links for his experiments and project in Iraq for Saddam Hussein Wow. And I'm glad I didn't go because he was uh, assassinated in Amsterdam by the Israeli, uh, well, I'll call him the Israeli crew.
1: Gerald Bull was. Right. Yeah, that's right. He was assassinated. And that's the Aleutian Islands. And today they're making the, uh, they're building a huge space fence facility in the Quad. Kwajalein uh, Island uh, in the Marshall Islands. I mean, that's how far we've come. It goes way back that they've been working on the space age, basically, Freeman. It's all about uh, getting ready for the space age that we've already entered.
0: Right. So about 1958, we had our first ICBM tests, and we were launching rockets. Another decade later, we were then launching people into space and another decade after that my dad built the first color television in Orlando and the first computer from Heathkit and uh, we were trying to move into that Jetson space age as he hid that massive cathode ray tube in a big hole in the wall going outside to make it look like a flat flat screen TV but you know when I think back to the fact that you know I was around for the first color television and I'm not old uh, and how much now we 're talking about augmented reality you know, yeah. this is just leaps and bounds that we are going, so let 's try to understand this space fence a little bit first, so that we can get a clear picture of what we 're talking about when we say space fence
1: well okay. let me let me start i, I want to that that picture you have of the retinal display basically in your living room that that 's a good picture uh because we, since the, um, I guess I have to go back to uh, when Eastland, uh, Bernard Eastland's patent, the 1987 patent that I deconstruct in Chapter 2 of, uh, you know, of my Chemtrails Harp and the Full Spectrum Dominance book, um, he, uh, he refers again and again to uh, conductivity. And uh, and uh, certainly cyclotron resonance, and um, these two things are on my mind a lot, uh, even with the space fence book, because uh, we started out by uh, with HARP being the grand experiment uh, instrument, uh, experimenting with the ionosphere, drawing energy. Ballooning out the ionosphere, heating it up so much that it ballooned out, and then uh, our atmosphere being sucked up into it, and then it coming back down through the magnetic lines of force, down into the lower atmosphere, so that this atmosphere would become like an antenna, like a battery, uh, electrified, and uh, that had to be done with many, many nanoparticulates of conductive metal, uh, as we know, aluminum, barium, strontium, titanium, et cetera. So uh, now we're living in an atmosphere, and that would be since, I would put it at uh, the late 90s, the time you're talking about, Freeman, uh, we're living in an ionized atmosphere. The late 90s is when Clifford Carnicum, independent scientist in New Mexico, uh, began collecting data uh, with very primitive means uh, and in, uh, that was dropping from the sky because uh, at that time New Mexico was being heavy hit by chemical trails. And it was all really new and hardly anyone, everybody thought it was contrails. Everybody thought it was just water vapor. Um, now uh, we're moving into yet another phase of the delivery system, in my opinion, uh, where the chemical trails are still happening. I watched them lay a big one near me, in front of me here, where I sit at my computer this morning. But there are also other delivery systems going on up there. And um, I, I can't help but feel that this ionized atmosphere, which is we're breathing in, so whatever they're dropping, uh, whether it's from the combustion chamber of the jets... Uh, through the pyrolysis process that it, that these chemicals undergo to become chemical compounds like aluminum oxide, that um, this, or if it's actually uh, additional pylons on the wings that they're dropping various chemicals over certain regions for other experimental purposes, the truth is that we're breathing it in uh, because everything uh, is dropping on us. And so, when you talk about the picture of the living room uh, glasses uh, that people can now create their own blue beam holograms in their, in their house, in their living room, uh, I don't think that would be possible without the atmosphere being uh, absolutely battery ready. Uh, it's, it's primarily because of all the wireless operations that the military industrial uh... intelligence complex wants to perform here in the lower atmosphere so that they can have what's what i called full spectrum dominance and that's lifted straight from the doctrine of full spectrum dominance a a, an overarching uh... uh... doctrine of the u.s. military i don't think that you could possibly have such a fancy little item uh, in your living room unless you had all the nanoparticulates and everything just charged to the gills. And in your house, of course, you have the addition of the 60 hertz uh, wiring all around you. So you're, you're in like an anti-Faraday cage. I mean, that's what I think. Billy, what do you think?
2: I'm in total agreement. Uh, and you just brought up a real heavy point is the house wiring in your house. Access an elaborate antenna system through the sub, all the way back to the substation. All these substations are at, separated by wavelengths of the harp system, and that that those frequencies are resonant to the pulses, not the frequency but to the pulses that were used by the harp uh, technology. And one of the associated problems with that is it's straight wiring so it it's, it it's not able to dissipate the uh, pulses as they come in anybody having a uh, uh, romax should uh, should understand if they twist that romax uh, two times per foot it will reject m- most of the mp and the uh, harp technology type signals from entering the house or being fed through the house Huh.
1: Now, uh, tell me, Billy. Um, all the sixty hertz are AC. What if they were DC? What does the AC do with the pulsing that's coming in? And what would DC do that was different?
2: Well, the AC it gives a rise in the perspective of, of looking at the signal. So, if you take a harp signal or a space fence signal and launch it at the same time as that rise and it coincides with any one of the the uh sub uh harmonic frequencies of sixty cycles when it reaches a peak and you launch that it gives a tremendous hump to the uh the the occasion of recepting that pulse
0: all right. That, that that one, I haven't let that sink in a little bit. I'm getting what you're saying, though, in the idea that, well, no, I'm not.
1: No, do you oh. see how the chamber that is your house uh, becomes um, something that can be pulsed? And how these pulses, they're coming not from, they're coming from all sorts of devices, yes, but they're also coming from being humped from uh, towers, uh, nexrads, uh, various uh, uh, whether it's a Gwen tower or a cell tower. I mean we are in the middle of a resonant chamber right. and by having the 60 Hertz around your house in a room, you are really in a deeper resonant chamber. So now what can happen to you in there? Well you can you can be targeted, uh, you can have, uh, uh, you know, a blue beam uh, hologram in your home, but all of this goes back to the experiments with HARP in my mind, uh, and how uh, we now have made our lower atmosphere uh, into uh, something like the upper atmosphere, and we can actually keep it going down here without dipping into the ionosphere as much as we did when when we had HARP going.
0: I had many instances when I lived in Austin, Texas, where I felt I was being microwaved from the inside out.
1: So, yeah, you were in a chamber.
0: Yeah, uh, <laughs> an apartment yeah. complex, a uh, full, full chamber. Um, yeah, it, it's it's a very, very weird thing that we're in right now that while well, basically we're looking at a force that has the power of God, uh, to say that I mean that they're invisible, and we could talk about earthquakes. We could talk about EMPs, even uh, fireballs, or even just uh, weird frequency mind control. And no one would ever know who did it, you know, if, if, uh, if they were using these. You know, so say there was Sura, the ionospheric heater in Russia, and mm-hmm. HARP the ionospheric heater in America, and who knows who pushed Katrina which way or if they were battling over it, you know?
1: Oh, did you see that when it first happened? Did you see the two uh, fiery, uh, I think it was on some Doppler satellite feed, two different forces down by the mouth to the Mississippi battling back and forth? Did you see that, Freeman? I did. Yes. I saw it, and then it was gone from the web. Right, absolutely gone. Right after that,
2: and that's yeah, what we're I here see what for. You mean. Yeah, and that seems to be the biggest problem. Is anything that came out that was visually active and and factual, it disappeared within a day or two of of the media picking up on it or or anybody saying anything about uh, all the YouTube's that had the factual images disappeared. Yes, within twenty four hours. Right. And that
1: was 2005. So you can imagine now they've got it all sealed up. They know, uh, you know, different feeds from NASA are now uh, bogus. Um, I I certainly don't trust NASA feed. Uh, and, And other things are being bent and twisted to support the secret that is still this technology. Um, I mean it is amazing that you can keep a secret this long but when I think of uh of other military secrets it it doesn't seem so strange to me
0: Yeah yeah I mean even when word got out about harp it was just played down it's just a research facility in Gakona Alaska trying to understand the ionosphere what are you what are you worried about
1: And I had an experience in that um i had just read in 1997 i had just read nick begich's book and gene manning angels don't play this harp and i had taken the book along with me to a substitute teacher job uh and was sitting um in lunch in the faculty room and two male teachers sat down to have their lunch and and a little mousy woman was to my left, uh, who never raised her eyes from her sandwich. And um, they asked me about the book, and I told them the little bit I knew. Uh, And then the next day, uh, I had a military chopper over my house for five minutes, I guess, putting me on XY coordinates. Uh, And then from then on, my phone had this weird click click thing. So I've found out pretty early that it was um, a dangerous subject in the 90s. I, I really don't feel that now, uh, at least for someone like me, where I don't have a PhD in plasma physics. I think that um, I do know a couple of physicists who are now interested in this. And what's really going on, and who are falling out of the conditioning that they went through in grad school, uh, who are being, uh, appear to be uh, being targeted by electromagnetic weapons. Uh, I think it's, uh, as I like to say, I think it's probably not a good idea to have a, a, a Ph.D. in physics at this point. To me, Billy has been really valuable because he had the hands-on experience from the very beginning of this technology. Uh, and that, that's really, um, it helps to give me ballast because I'm good on big picture and I'm good on research. Uh, but Billy gives me those pictures from what he and his body actually experienced. Billy,
0: tell us a little bit about the sounding rockets, thermite, and how this is related.
2: Every launch we have of rocketry, including the shuttles, has always been assisted with solid boost rockets. These solid boost rockets are uh, a combination of chemicals that make up super thermite which is uh, burns so fast that the explosion that comes off from it is is used as thrust for these rockets. This nanothermite contains all the contents that are being utilized in the the chemtrails. The plume that's left behind the rocket as it leaves the Earth's atmosphere maintains a burn while it's going into space. That burn leaves these particulates of the same thing that's in chemtrails in outer space during the launch up to a specific altitude that when it burns off uh, the boosters are released they fall back into the atmosphere uh, or near uh, fall out near space back into the atmosphere this propellant falls behind the shuttle and gets sucked into space and the sounding rockets that uh, are launched at Wallops and Canaveral and uh, Vandenberg, all maintain the same uh, content in these sounding rockets. They launch to do uh, they call it uh, a visual effect of the ionosphere and the illumination of aurora borealis effects.
0: And That's well, why people are seeing the the aurora all the way down to Texas.
2: Absolutely, that's they're they're contaminating the near space areas with these rockets, these, uh, the plumes all these rockets. This stuff eventually works centrifugal force with the earth moving as long as this stuff is in orbit it will centrifugally mend itself back to the equator lateral position of the earth making a positive ring around the earth And that's,
1: yeah, that's the part of the space fence that's in near Earth orbit.
0: Let me add a little being, bit to that yeah, before we go to that. I just want to add a couple of stories so that people know that you're you're right up there with this. Uh, there was an event that occurred not long ago. It was called the Cloud of Care. And I covered this. You could watch the launch live on my website from the, the Wallops Flight Facility. And it was called the Cloud of Care. And CARE stood for the Charged Aerosol Release Experiment. Now, the open reason for launching... Now, what, what this was, was a rocket that launched up into the upper atmosphere at about 180 miles and released a cloud of aluminum oxide. And they said that this was to test for noctilucent clouds. And they released this thing. And like I say, you could watch the launch live on my website. But when it hit the news... And I have the news on my website as well. Uh, They were saying, oh my God, aliens have opened a portal in space. And the news said, we have no idea what this is. Uh, there was an opening in the sky, and then it went away, and it was the craziest thing. And they were going, you know, the newscasters and everybody making You could watch the launch live from my website. I know what it was. It was the cloud of care. So here is a, a prime example of a charged aerosol release experiment, open to the public but not to the news, uh, of releasing aluminum oxide clouds. Another one that was very much the same story was when an ICBM was launched over President Barack Obama as he was receiving his Nobel Peace Prize in Norway. This, of course, was known as the Norway Spiral. Now, again, the news announced aliens greet Barack Obama for his... (laughs) His Nobel Peace Prize. But what happened was there was a Russian submarine in the White Sea right there. They launched an ICBM. Nobody seemed to care that Russia launched an ICBM over the president receiving his Nobel Peace Prize. (laughs) But then this rocket uh, was spewing, like the cloud of care, out of the side of the rocket, making it spiral in space. And then that happened to occur directly above the ionospheric heater known as ISCAT. And it seemed as if I, Scott, was pulsing this uh, aluminum oxide cloud. Now, aluminum oxide, folks, is the base element of sapphires. We're talking about gem and minerals in space. So we're going to get into this as we start to talk about this cloud forming out there. But there are two public examples for you uh, that you can go look for yourself. Aluminum oxide cloud in the Norway spiral and the cloud of care. Open science right there.
1: Well, that I, was really good. I didn't I, know that about the Nobel Prize and, and the Norway Spiral. Too
0: much. You can't write this stuff. <laughs> so, Billy, no, it, we got this stuff going out there. It's in all
2: kinds of gem minerals and nanoparticles. What, what's this all about? It's a, the it's a fact that they're trying to devise a communication data system that will be around the Earth in such a way that no matter where you go, this, this ring, which will be eventually like the rings around Saturn, will be able to respond to any frequency that is in that bandwidth or the resonant length of those rings. Therefore, if they're pulsing six pulses per second, there is a portion of that ring that will be resonant to six pulses per second. Down here. Down on the earth. And outer space. So any any type of communication that was digitized, that was pulsing at the same rate on the frequencies that they want to utilize will be uh, reflected on that ring and act as a, number one, as a translator. Being able to, like a repeater, be able to receive it and repeat it. Mm -hmm. At the same token, everything within this ring is of the same content that is utilized in DVDs and CDs Right, as it spins around Mm -hmm. the Earth in the Earth's orbit at, at a speed that's reasonable that a laser, a small point of a laser can make contact with that ring. It can either record information being sent on up to it or read that information that is within that cloud Wow yeah so now you got a, a, a recording system that is se- essentially uh, beyond infin- infinity I mean it, it just goes on and on as they add on to the eventually they add on to this so-called spinning cloud, it will be infinite of the information that they can cram into it.
0: Wow.
1: Now, Billy, let's go from the <laughs> pulsing that is going on in the cloud that is the the CD around the Earth to the uh, instruments that are placed on the Earth uh, and that space between the two from the near-Earth orbit down to the Earth. What what will that pulsing do down here and what does it mean for us
2: what it means is anything that is digitally enhanced will be able to be monitored recorded and saved to look at in the future that includes your license tag your driver's license your credit card uh, your bio your, anything your phone calls all this information can be collected and monitored. Everything so, you give up when you walk into Walt Disney World. Absolutely. <laughs> I I mean, now they're trying to devise uh, frequencies into the Terra wavelengths, which would include your DNA. Wow. And your thoughts.
0: Right. Yes. I mean, we're, we're getting to that point right now with CRISPR technology. Uh, China has announced that they're going to produce the first genetically modified human. Uh, this, this, well, we're getting we're getting deeper. I don't want to get there yet. Um, now, just so the public understands this as well, folks, just so you can see how far this stuff can go. Uh, the ISCAT Ionospheric Heater in Norway in Svalbard was used to send a Doritos commercial to Ursa Major. All right, <laughs> distant star, folks. And uh, uh, the strangest thing for me, guys, Billy and Elena, this this one just takes the cake. The day the Earth stood still with Keanu Reeves, a movie that says humans are so horrific and warlike that you better send a giant nano robot here to destroy us if we can't prove that we're not warlike cretins all right the movie the day the earth stood still with 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 keanu reeves they used the deep space guide wave to send this movie to alpha centauri (laughs) now this you can look this up i'll put it in my twitter feed folks if you want to see it it's and i'll put the harp uh uh meteor in my twitter feed as well uh but you can see this for yourself we sent the day the earth stood still now the day that it ended up at Alpha Centauri telling all of the people there that we are horrible warlike beings and should be destroyed was December 21st, 2012. That was the day it actually arrived at Alpha Centauri because it took four years for it to get there. So this is the type of capabilities that these pulse arrays have to be able to send Doritos commercials to distant stars.
1: Hmm. So, all right, so, Billy, Let's go somewhere that you normally don't go. How would you see the rings around Saturn and how they formed? If our if our space fence ring is looking more and more like one of those rings, how did those rings form around Saturn? How would that have happened?
2: There would have had to been an uh, um, asteroid or something hit the the, uh, the planet mm-hmm. that would have had to send debris up now yeah. the methane Remember, you have to remember uh, the majority of Saturn's uh, lower atmosphere is methane frozen methane but underneath that which is where we cannot see are elements that we know of, which would have been possibly aluminum oxide. Uh-huh. And it would have thrown all this stuff debris out around the whole complex of, of Saturn. And the centrifugal force of Saturn's spin mm-hmm. eventually centrifuges this to the center of that spin. And therefore, you have the rings.
1: So, it now, would make um, sense that we're developing a space fence ring uh, for space communications with uh, our devices that are in space. I mean, I believe we have one right now on, uh, on Saturn's moon Titan. Right. And that would be the primary goal in space well, for here, that ring.
2: Right. Here's what uh, one of the projects that Bernard Eastland was. Uh, participating in was bringing the rings of Saturn with harp intentionally trying to bring it and when they did bring it all of a sudden they had a hexagon that showed up on the the, uh, polar region, the north polar region of Saturn Right. and it's been there ever since fluctuating and, and in and out but it did something to the magnetosphere of Saturn
1: uh, okay,
0: And that's why I'm bringing up these open articles that you folks can go check out for yourselves. so you know this is not just an ionospheric heater. It does go to distant stars, it does go to distant planets, and it could absolutely be ringing the, the rings of Saturn without a doubt. Now, we had a, a, a lacrosse mission. Uh, NASA launched a rocket, a kinetic weapon, uh, straight into the moon. Now, there was really no purpose for this as far as the public uh, examples were coming. They said that they crashed this rocket into the moon to discover water, but they had already, India had already discovered water on the moon just months before. Uh, but w- what I I believe is, and we I wanted to get into tomography and some of these ideas of how this is all just really sinking into everything, but... When you strike something like the moon with a rocket, with a kinetic weapon, and then you can pulse harp at that moon and see inside of it, just like you saw in Jurassic Park where they hit the ground and they could see the dinosaur. It's very much the same thing, and that was my belief for the Lacrosse mission. Why they crashed a rocket into the moon, uh, and and harp confirmed that they had
2: uh, performed tomography on the moon. Do you have any ideas on that? You hit it right on the button. The 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 impact of this single component, uh, kinetic energy component, hitting the moon created a sounding that vibrated the whole moon. You know, it it didn't just pump a little thump right there where they hit. It actually shook the whole moon in such a way that any signal coming to it would been reflected as an echo. This was the, uh, the reason that they were utilizing HARP to do it. It devised a way to do interplanetary sounding. The experiment on the moon was just the beginning. You notice now we we keep on sending things out hitting all these other planets. The intentional uh, bumping of uh, impacting uh, other planets in order to what? See what's what it's made of. See where these areas of, of high mineral and, and and chemical compounds are that they want to eventually maybe mine for instance on the moon. I mean the the, the idea of having helium on the moon is major, helium four. Mm-hmm. It's mandatory that, oh, whoever gets there first gets a mine at first. Well, Chinese are getting ready to do that.
0: Yeah, no one's expecting China, right? They don't see that coming. No one thinks about the fact that Kazakhstan is the major launch pad for the world. Uh, NASA's fallen way behind. We've got SpaceX rockets exploding on the tarmac. We have but you know, Kazakhstan, the Russia-China alliance. You know, they they've already got their first military space station going up. They've got China is way ahead in this space race.
1: You
0: think so? I don't know. I mean, sure. maybe not way ahead, but uh-huh. much farther than I thought China would be. Is I guess that, what I meant? Way ahead for China as
1: well. That's what the that's what the war in space thing, uh, CNN thing said, wasn't it, Billy? That Russia I, and China were way ahead.
2: Right. That's that's basically what they said, but they didn't really say it that way. Uh, it's this what CNN presented is what's happened in the past and not in the future.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Right. They this all these things that they they were uh, contemplating have just uh, recently lost their um, what's the word of, their um, security. They're no longer classified material. Right. They, they were able to actually go into places that have been normally in the past classified. Buckley Airfield, Driver Air Force Base, the Control Center for Space Surveillance Systems. Just recently, over the last year, is, is they, they're, they're kind of dumping that, those old systems. And that's where this new space fence falls into the new space surveillance system Hmm. which is not just surveilling space. It's surveilling from space back to Earth.
0: And this is so beyond satellites. This is
2: is so beyond. I mean this is the beginning of of total human dominance. The planetary lockdown. Absolutely. Right. Right.
1: And And it's important to remember that that the space fence was up and running under the SDI, the Strategic Defense Initiative back in the Reagan era, uh and, and right before actually too, but that what they were lacking, and this is my opinion, what they were lacking was what HARP has given us, which is this sort of ionizing of the lower atmosphere. They really needed that in order to produce not just a space shield, but a space C D. And the lockdown on all of the instruments down here that are calibrated to operate with the space fence. That's a real key point. And Billy knows a lot about that.
2: Yeah, we're, talk- we're talking about smart meters, uh, monitoring modern- smart meters, uh, being able to uh, transfer information from everything on this earth. That it has a digital recognition. That means your TV, your computer, your cell phone, your, your smart meter. Uh, going to the cash register, uh, anything that has a GPS lock on it. And the only way to get out from underneath the control of this would be, be at this moment in time, be, uh, knock out the GPS system. Which is, which is what this so called space war is all about because, technically speaking, you could not have a war today without GPS. You have no way to see where these locations are accurately. You're back looking at a map.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, boy, I remember the day. Well, let's, yeah. let's take that to, to the ultimate level and, and analyze a little bit of this in the ideas of mind control. Because we're getting to the end of this first hour. And I'm, I'm thinking of uh, something you discussed before as the troops in Iraq just suddenly gave up. That was well, yeah, the weirdest that, moment
1: well that, that that was the voice of God weapon um and uh and I mean, I think everybody knows about it now, but at that time it was very, very unknown, and it did seem mystical uh and um uh, it's it's how I think of people now who jump to the e t conclusion with no research no no really looking into the facts of the matter and Completely underestimating uh, human uh, cunning and capability. Uh, that that voice of, of, of Allah, they called it then, but uh, that now is known as I think I would call it synthetic telepathy. And uh, what's the other term? Like There's a another neurophone. Uh, oh, beyond the neurophone, this is uh, oh uh, yeah, V two K voice to skull. Mm-hmm. Those are the two terms that it's known for, and uh, and that. That, too, depends on pulsing. That, too. Everything has to do with resonance, Freeman. Everything. And well, that's why ionizing the atmosphere really I mean, eases these
2: technologies into place. You've seen this same system utilized in crowd controls. It's called LADAR. Right. Uh, the, it's, that's just a simplified, low-powered portion of it. In Iraq, they went out and had these... In advance of us going in, they had these uh, half-tracks running around out in the desert with these dishes on them that uh, nobody understood what they were, you know? Right. What, right. Uh, uh, and this was light, LiDAR. They were pumping out hundreds of thousands of watts per unit by putting in a, a, a amplifier that is plugged in into the system. Normally, it's only a 1,000 watts. You plug in this PA into it and all of a sudden you got 100,000 watts
1: and as I recall they took over the FM stations too and put subliminals under the uh, religious music and the speeches
2: correct and this LiDAR would intermix with with the FM so not only were you getting voice communications you were also getting subtones off of this LiDAR all over Mm-hmm. Within yeah. in, within 500 miles, anywhere they lit up these LIDARs, it would reflect off from the uh, local atmosphere and in, interject into the transmitters of these FM's. Now, not AM, it wouldn't work, but with yeah. FM stations and TV stations, it would integrate w- within that signal.
1: Which brings us back to your initial comment, Freeman, on this new device. Being put out, I think. Did you say it was Microsoft or no? It was Google. Um, this device, I would be very cautious with it as to what sort of uh, subliminal capabilities it has say, being yeah. piped into <laughs> it, under it. Oh yeah, I'd exactly. be really.
0: Yeah. Uh, and it was called Magic Leap.
1: And, yeah, I'll uh, bet. it
0: will be coming out, and we're going to get into a little bit of magic, folks, in the next hour in the members section. Uh, because a magician, the the only ever academically accredited magician, designed harp as a psychic machine years before it was ever built in Alaska. And I'm going to cover that with you. And I, I have, I'm i one of the rare people who actually had this magician on my show. He has died since. So I, I am pretty much your only interview that you'll ever get from the only academically accredited magician he designed and and created a degree in magic at berkeley and passed it uh and on on the weirder note guys uh, uh, billy and alana i want to ask you if this is just a random thing maybe you thought about it maybe you haven't but uh john Kerry and buzz aldrin in antarctica <laughs> Bingo. (laughs) Come on. What is going on? Now, Buzz Aldrin, he's running around saying there's a – well, showing the monolith on Phobos. He established the Freemasonic Lodge, Tranquility Lodge on the moon. Uh, John Kerry is, is Skull and Bones. His secret name is supposedly Long Devil. Don't know if that's true or not. But here we got John Kerry, Secretary of State, Buzz Aldrin, man, land on the moon and they are having some serious difficulties in antarctica and what do you guys think?
1: Well oh, go ahead billy you can start.
2: <laughs> I got my opinions out of it. Uh, That's all I'm th- asking for. Th- this is not fact. This is my opinion. There's some something been going on down in the arctic ever since the nazis were there. Yep. Yeah. And I believe this is all part of it. There there is there are signals that that I've been monitored for years and years and years. I put up uh, 28 stations around all the way into Australia, uh, uh, Oh, Ascension Island. Uh, all these stations were put up there to monitor nothing more than what's going on in Antarctica. There are stations, uh, uh, Russian and Japan and China, uh, England, uh, the British got... Uh, their own stations all over the Antarctic. Why? Because they are watching something. They know something's there.
0: I, I, right. Uh, I'm right there with you. Yeah, right. Well uh, part I mean, of
1: it, part of it, Billy, is um, Operation Deep Freeze. Uh, which you clued me into, and I wrote about in the Space fence book, and how what what i 've been really thinking a lot about because i 'm friends with a woman named Rose in New Zealand, and New Zealand is where uh, is is the port of call for the ships going to and from Antarctica, and as Billy told me months ago. Uh, many of those barges that are going there were loaded with radio equipment. So we know it's electromagnetic. We know whatever's going on and being uh, being built or conducted there is electromagnetic. Um, The earthquake, recent earthquake in uh, New Zealand, not that far from Christchurch, one more time, uh, it, it seemed to me that Kerry was in town one or two days before that he was in New Zealand and he met with John Key. Now John Key, uh, who was the Prime Minister, has resigned. So you know if you follow the breadcrumb trail of these events, we've had we had a, a, a big an eight point uh, earthquake in our Antarctica last February. and now there are all sorts of ring of fire things, the most recent being the Indonesian one. Uh, just yesterday, uh, I think that uh, that they're they're um, uh, what did Nick Begich call it? They're they're tweaking the dragon's tail. Uh, they're uh, ringing the bell uh, of the electromagnetic Earth, and uh, and I don't know exactly why. It, for for Buzz Aldrin, I have to say that I consider all this, the the uh, astronauts to be programmed. Uh, in order to do what they have done and in order to carry the secrets they have carried. Uh, so I don't know about that, but I, I, I see it all as one huge drama uh, having to do with the earthquakes around the Ring of Fire as well.
2: Well, here's another thing, that uh, talking about astronauts. All these astronauts that have been in space have undergone heavy uh, concentrations of RF and magnetic field Penetration, yes. similar to, they have been through, equal to what I've been through yeah. with working on uh, live harp systems and associated uh, high-powered uh, transmitter systems. I mean, I, I, I'm, I was basically cooked. And yeah. these, these astronauts have all gone through these magnetic fields the same as I had. And when they step into a radiated field like this, they have always gotten sick. You look at every one of them that was hospitalized. Something yeah. was going on, electrical, magnetic uh, uh, combinations of what was going on in the magnetosphere. The same time that they, they became very ill. Right. There you go. This this is what happened to Buzz as soon as he stepped uh up to 10,000 feet. They gave the excuse he was uh running out of air. But that isn't what happened to him. The gentleman was having seizures, just like I do when I get into an RF effect of certain pulses.
0: And that's really what's happening to all of us right now. We are under this frequency attack. We can't trust our own emotions. We have all of these chemicals and and particulates going into our lungs. We're, We're laden with heavy metals. We're feeling sick, run down and, uh, you know, along with all the media mind control, then we have all the frequency mind control coming in on us and, uh, let's, let's, let's try to end this on some sort of high note of, um, Really try Well, there is no high note, folks. There really isn't.
1: <laughs> no, I have something positive to contribute. I say it uh, every radio interview I possibly can because I deal with really heavy stuff and I have to uh, sift through it and make it mine. And see how it fits into the big picture of the time we've been born into. I feel it's a great opportunity living now. Yes, it's, it has danger. Every, every time has danger. Uh, that's nothing new. But, uh, today we're, we're going from one era of humanity and nature to another, uh, era of humanity and nature and there are some pivotal things that must be done in order to make sure that humanity is going to make it through this eye of the needle that we're faced with now given the technocracy that we live in and that is to me two things make your immune system strong and if that means changing your lifestyle changing uh, all those, uh, those McDonald burgers and uh, eating GMOs because it's cheap. If that means changing those things, change it. Because you have got to keep your immune system strong. I have a very strong immune system because I've been eating basically macrobiotically for 35 some years. And um, I, I constantly, uh, I'll have a treat and then I'll, I'll compensate for it by eating well the next day. So I, I am on it because I want to not be a broken down old lady. And I want to see this through of what I've begun. So I highly recommend that. The second thing is consciousness. You don't know, and I don't know what consciousness can really do if we really take hold of it and not just do it as a little lifestyle thing, uh, when we're, uh, not watching TV or not, uh, out, uh, doing something fun. Consciousness is every day, every minute, how you bring to bear Your consciousness on what lies before you in life, just regular life, nothing terrifically dramatic, but that includes now when you go on Facebook, when you have phone conversations, when you meet people, when you're writing things, you must realize that your consciousness is our ace in the hole as a people. I am not concerned about the elites as long as, Many of us, I, I know I can't ask for everyone, but many of us are laying hold of this ace in the deck of consciousness. We don't know what will happen as we push on that uh, in order to retain a humanity that we will recognize as human in the future. That's kind of my desert, desideratum. That's what I go with. Uh, and, and what drives me to write the books I do, give the tots, etc.
0: Very well stated. And that is the truth, folks. Our consciousness is the one thing that we're all out here trying to save. The true purpose of everything that Alana does, that Billy does, that I do, is to fill in the gaps, give you the full picture, to understand the full spectrum dominance, uh, to relieve the fear so that you can act in a conscious way because once you start to take all of this information in and it's heavy and then you start to look out on your world again it makes it very difficult to just go back to the old rut of going to work and just having your beers and eating your mcdonald's you just can't do it anymore and that is the consciousness shift necessary when we simply just can't do this anymore Oh, they make it look all bright and shiny, and they're going to give you augmented reality with HoloLens and Magic Leap, and you're going to think, oh, this is the world. But realize that we are controlled by psychopathic elites that really want to dominate life and are on the precipice of immortality. And this is something that we're going to get into in the second hour. We're going to get deeper into transhumanism, how all of this is invading your body and looking at the true puzzle that is life on planet Earth, including the ideas of magic and the occult that I'm going to throw into this puzzle, much to Billy Hayes' dismay. I'm still going to do it. He is an academically accredited magician, so I think it's worth uh, noting because it's an amazing thing that you're going to learn in the other hour. So if you haven't subscribed yet, get over to Freeman TV. Dot com and hit subscribe there are many many ways to sign up and you will not regret one of them uh, those of you, and I should put this at the beginning of the show If you have subscribed and uh, have not filled out Created your own profile there on freemantv.com Please do so, so that I can activate it And you can get access to the members section uh, It's super simple folks, just uh, go over to freemantv.com Hit subscribe, and it supports all these efforts It gets Alana Freeland out into the world So that more and more people can hear her And it just really, you know, it's it's a good thing to do So come on over to Freemantv.com TV.com and subscribe. If you want to get Alana Freeland's book, it is available on Amazon. It is Chemtrails, Harp, and the Full Spectrum Dominance of Planet Earth. Uh, just uh, search Alana Freeland. Of course, it'll be linked right here on freemantv.com. Billy Hayes, he doesn't have a website. He is here truly just dedicated from a heart, soul, uh, purpose. He has nothing to sell you. He just really, really needs you to understand the danger that you're in and has put his life on the line and even his health on the line to bring this information out to you and I want to thank you Billy so much for your 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 honor and your courage and I don't know if you're still there right now but we will pick you back up on the other side if you're not if you are chime in Okay, I thought he was off. Uh, so fantastic! Uh, we'll we'll take this on over to the other side. So members, you know, we'll join you in the members section. The rest of you, we will see you all next week. Thank you so much for tuning in every week, and I hope you're loving every bit of it. And that we are changing consciousness on planet Earth. <laughs>